I'm Julianne DeLynn Hatton, and you're listening to Faith and Reason on the Mormon Faircast. This series will discuss the Prophet Joseph Smith and the authenticity of the gospel he restored. I'll be speaking with Michael R. Ash, author of the book of Faith and Reason, 80 Evidences Supporting the Prophet Joseph Smith. Welcome, Michael Ash. Hi, Jillian. We're talking about your book of Faith and Reason, and our subject today is Earthquakes and Volcanoes. Yes, uh, sounds like something out of a action movie. Everybody remembers hearing about Samuel the Lamanite in primary. Who was Samuel the Lamanite? He was a, a Lamanite prophet who came and preached repentance to the Nephites, which is completely uh, against what we would have thought at the beginning of the Book of Mormon. Here, here we had the righteous uh, Nephites and the bad Lamanites, and so we thought, you know, if, if you'd read the Book of Mormon as a new person from beginning to end, you think, okay, these are the good guys, but eventually the, the Nephites were the ones that were always having problems, and here Samuel the Lamanite had to come and and preached to them and said, uh, repent. And, and uh, you know, he, he almost gave up on them until the Lord said, I will give you the words to speak. Turn around and uh, go back and, and tell them what I want you to say. This was in approximately 6 B.C.? Correct. What did he say about Christ's birth? Well, he said that uh, when Christ comes, there was going to be a new light in the sky, um, and then he said that upon Christ's death, and this is where it really gets interesting, um, he said there would be three days of darkness and great upheavals and destruction, and uh, he made these prophecies. And the Nephites overall didn't believe him. You know, they, they tried to um, throw stones at him and, and shoot arrows at him, and all, all which missed, but they, they wanted to kill him. <laughs> he was Nobody likes to be told that uh, we see it in today's society constantly as, uh, you know, you're you're not living a, a moral life, and people get very angry with you. So and that that's you what need happened to, to Samuel. Yeah. So Samuel the Lamanite prophesied that when Christ was killed, there were going to be upheavals on the earth. Mm-hmm. And it didn't go over well, as you're saying. What happened as the Book of Mormon progresses? Yeah, when, when Christ uh, was crucified in the old world, um, we find that in the new world, a great storm arose. It was thunder, and uh, the earth was shaking, and uh, said that uh, in, in verse 6, uh, in Helaman 14, that the uh, earth was about to divide asunder, and there was whirlwinds and fires, and cities sank into the sea. Um, so there was a lot of destruction going on, just as Samuel had prophesied. And verse 20 and 21 goes on to say, It came to pass there was thick darkness upon all the face of the land, insomuch that the inhabitants thereof who had not fallen could feel the vapor of darkness. There could be no light because of the darkness, neither candles, torches, neither could there be fire kindled with their fine and exceedingly dry wood, so that there could be not any light at all. Right. Yeah, it that's happened. A- it happened. Yeah, he said there'd be three days of darkness, and that's exactly what happened. And if you if you read this from a Cecil B. DeMille uh, perspective, <laughs> you, you might envision uh, like the, the, the green cloud that came to, to kill the firstborn of the Egyptians, that there was some sort of, uh, you know, black, uh, almost tangible, you know, maybe a, a living creature or, or gel that somehow caused this to happen. Mm-hmm. But you know, if we look at this from a, a realistic standpoint, and, and I think that's what's wonderful about studying the Book of Mormon, 
is that we can apply real scholarship and real world um, events to the Book of Mormon and see how things match up. And we know now that in Mesoamerica, it's a it's basically a hotbed of uh, volcanic activity and earthquake zones. And all of a sudden, third Nephi, the destruction, and of course what was prophesied in, in Helaman at 14, all this stuff starts to make sense. Well, for example, they, they lit a candle and you could not see any fire at all. I mean, would Joseph Smith make that up? Right. Yeah. You know, it, what would he have been thinking in order to do this? You know, he, he would have been able to light candles in his day. So, you know, it sounds, in fact, the critics charged. They said, you know, well, why couldn't he? This sounds very fictional. You know, it's obviously coming from Joseph Smith's imagination. Um, and, and if you don't try to examine it from a, a scientific point of view, from some area where there's been experience, this could sound fictional. But once we examine it further, we find that it it has real-world examples. Well, let's start with the vapor of darkness. Okay, well, the vapor of darkness would have come about uh, most likely from, like I said, there would have been volcanoes and, and uh, going off, and volcanoes, you know, spew this hot lava and, and vapors uh, into the air, this ash. Um, we know now from Pompeii years ago that when the volcano blew up there and, and destroyed the people, that most of the victims, or at least a large percent of them, died of suffocation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they couldn't breathe, so there was no air. And, and as pretty much everybody knows, you have to have oxygen to keep a fire going. So that would have put out the fires. And uh, the uh, this ash would have covered everything up and um, would have ex- not only extinguished the fires, but uh, it, it, there would have been this, this concentration of carbon dioxide and sulfur dioxide gases that would have made it very difficult to relight candles. Um, so, so the vapor darkness is a very real um, experience for somebody that would have lived through uh, a major volcanic destruction and eruption that would have covered the city. This is exactly what would have happened. What about the terrible thunder? The thunder um, could have been twofold. Um, There is scientific studies that indicate that there's a a tie-in sometimes between storms and volcanic uh, volcanic eruptions uh, and earthquakes. And uh, and earthquakes and volcanic eruptions are many times tied together already. So there seems to be some sort of weather pattern, and there would have been storms from that. But also... Um, when earthquakes happen, a lot of witnesses talk about how they, they heard this rumbling, this loud thunder before the shaking of the earth. And that's exactly, again, what we find in the Book of Mormon, is they talk about the thunder first and then the movement, the shaking of the earth. And, and this matches what people would have known uh, who would have survived through uh, earthquakes, something that Joseph Smith hadn't done himself. What about the fire? So the fire would have been, of course, not only from the volcanoes and, and uh, blowing things up and sending lava and causing fires. Um, it seems like that at least initially, before the vapor of darkness you know, puts all these fires out, that that seems to be the major point of destruction in a lot of cities, is that uh, once things start to burn... It's it's like the wildfires that have happening, you know, in California. And of course, um, just just recently, there was uh, one area in southern Utah that I read about where 
uh, cars were stopped because of the fires in the highway, and it even jumps across the highway and, and engulfs the cars. You know, they couldn't get out of there, and, and people were in trouble. And so this stuff can spread very quickly, impossible to stop, and uh, causes a lot of destruction. And that's what we uh, would have had in the Book of Mormon as well. And then, of course, as, as this ash would have come settling down from the upper skies, um, those things it wouldn't have put it out in all areas, but in many areas it would extinguish the fire and, and uh, um, suffocate the people as well. Do we have any historical evidence at all that would tie this kind of destruction to an actual event? Yes, scientists are able to look at soil samples and find the strata where this ash had uh, come down to um, pinpoint or pretty closely pinpoint when these destructions would have happened. And there's several um, studies that, that show lava flow and this volcanic ash in the area that most scholars believe the Book of Mormon took place in Mesoamerica that date to about AD 30 which is, and of course they can't pinpoint the exact date, but it's really close, you know, maybe give, given within, let's say, about five or six years, I'm mm. guesstimating here. Mm -hmm. And and so um, when you have something right in that range, which is about when Christ was uh, crucified, this is pretty telling. This shows that at about the time of Christ's crucifixion, there was major volcanic activity going on in the Mesoamerican region. And if our listener wants the details, they're going to have to buy your book and read all the footnotes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a lot of footnotes in there. For somebody who's interested, there is a lot of really fascinating research on this. And, and I should point out, too, that that uh, one of the other things is uh, um, cities going into the sea. It says that they were swallowed up into the sea or, or sank into the sea, I guess uh, uh, the Book of Mormon talks about. That's right. And, and, and we know now that earthquakes... Uh, and, and this, again, from very recent events, um, tie into tsunamis. You know, the, the, this has happened uh, in, in, in Asia not that long ago. Within the last few years, I, I, I sell electronic equipment, and, and uh, the camera companies in Japan um, a few years ago, they were all shut down for quite a while because of tsunamis that came in from earthquakes that happened, you know, across the ocean from them in a, at other locations. Um, this covers cities up. And there have been, again, a number of studies that have shown that Mesoamerican cities in the right vicinity for the Book of Mormon to take place are below the ocean now, that, that we find that there's actually cities buried under the um, what is now covered up by the ocean. At one time, they would have been, of course, above land. So everything that the Book of Mormon talks about in Third Nephi, everything that, that Samuel the Lamanite prophesied, shows scientifically... Um, not only plausibility, but from Mesoamerica, it shows that these things actually did happen at about the right place and about the right time. So is it possible that Joseph Smith knew that Mesoamerica was on an active earthquake zone? I don't see how he could have. Uh, he, he really didn't even think about Mesoamerica as being Book of Mormon lands, um, possibly until he started reading John Lloyd Stevens' travels through those areas. Then all of a sudden that piqued his interest. And, uh, you know, uh, there was in Times and Seasons um, an article written um, that basically pointed to that as being a strong possibility of where the Book of Mormon took place. 
before that, it's very likely that, uh, he, in fact, he, he writes in his journal about how some of the lands in his area were probably the Nephite lands. And, of course, this was all his own guesstimation, which is fascinating because if he was the author instead of the translator of the Book of Mormon, he would have known where these lands would have taken place because he would have created it and invented it. Mm-hmm. But this shows that he didn't know because he was the translator. He had an ancient record. Heavenly Father gave him the means and the power to translate to English, but he didn't have all the answers. He didn't know where all these things took place, and so he had to try to figure out himself. And there just wasn't enough evidence that I'm aware of uh, available to Joe Smith that even if he thought it was in Mesoamerica, that he could have understood about the uh, volcanoes and the the tsunamis and uh, the earthquakes that actually took place at the right place and the right time in Mesoamerica. Thank you, Michael Ash. Thank you, Julianne. Thanks for listening to Faith and Reason on the Mormon Faircast. I'm your host, Julianne DeLynn Hatton, inviting you to keep the faith. Michael R. Ash is the author of the book, Shaken Faith Syndrome, Strengthening One's Testimony in the Face of Criticism and Doubt, as well as the book of Faith and Reason, 80 Evidences Supporting the Prophet Joseph Smith. Faith and Reason is produced by Tom Hatton with music courtesy of Arthur Hatton. The opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of Fair Mormon or The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You can support this podcast by subscribing to it in iTunes and by rating it and writing a review. Questions or comments can be sent to podcast at fairmormon.org or you may join the conversation at fairblog.org.